Welcome back to the Get Out of Debt podcast with your debt expert, Steve Rode. Steve is an expert in helping people get out of debt and assist people for free with advice and guidance through his site at getoutofdebt.org. If you have a debt issue you'd like to have him answer, just visit getoutofdebt.org and submit your question online. All right, I'm here with uh, Jeff Jackson, bankruptcy attorney from Ohio. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? Good, good. And so we're going to talk about uh, bankruptcy, about the fears that people have, about the apprehension that they have in going to talk to a bankruptcy attorney. I'm sure that you've seen it many times in your practice, where somebody comes in and they feel that you're going to judge them or they're embarrassed or afraid. Uh, there has been a number of people that um, once they come in, um, they're obviously they're not sure they're going to go on. Uh, that they want to file. They realize that uh, years of uh, pressure have told them that this is not the right thing to do. Um, many people though also realize that once they come in they sit down that the burden has been lifted just by coming in and talking about it. So once they come in and talk about it they feel the burdens lifted and then they walk away and don't do anything. Have you seen that happen? Uh, there have been clients that have come in and they walk away and they never come back in the door. Uh, that is true. What's the greatest uh, uh, thing that holds people back? It is, is it the concern about how they're going to pay for bankruptcy? Is that a question you get asked a lot? Uh, well, we do get some questions about how we pay for that. We generally have a, a good ex- explanation um, in terms of how we proceed. We proceed if it's a Chapter 7. Uh, the money is paid up front. Uh, we try to work with them and you know, protect their interests in terms of creditors that might hit them soon um, in terms of garnishments. Um, but other than that, the payments come in. Um, people do, do not come in because of payments. So oftentimes people write in to me and they say, well, I don't want to file bankruptcy because it's bad, or I'm a loser, or only rejects file bankruptcy, or um, it's not the right thing to do, I need to honor my obligations. But at some point, that strategy isn't going to work, and creditors are going to pursue you, you're going to be sued, you're going to be wage garnishments, etc. Um, what do you have to say to people who just feel that bankruptcy is wrong? I think the biggest the biggest thing you touched on is the garnishment. Um, if they will be sued, we've seen a, a large increase in suits being pursued. Uh, small claims courts; these are less than three thousand uh, dollars. General division, which is more than three thousand dollars. The biggest fear, or the biggest issue that can be helped in bankruptcy, is the garnishment. Uh, realizing, I know in the state of Ohio they can pursue 25% of your net income. Now, when that's coming out of your paycheck on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, that really hurts your budget. And um, there's not many ways to stop that other than bankruptcy. So what are some of the, the kind of debt relief scams or schemes that you've seen out there that people have come into your office with, be it uh, loan modification or debt settlement, or uh, have you seen other things that people have just been taking advantage of and trying to get out of debt? I think the big ones I've seen, the debt settlement, um, and it's basically the realization people don't, un- they don't understand, they see the, the golden nugget of we can reduce, settle these debts for you know, 50% or less. Um, they flat out tell you that this is a three to five year process. Um, they tell you it's going to take time. They may even say that they have attorneys involved. 
But the bigger things, you need to read the papers. Um, they will tell you, you may be sued. Well, more than likely, you will be sued. Um, they're not going to provide attorney representation for the court case. The debt settlement works on time. They need those debts to be sold and sold and sold so they can eventually settle those. Again, the creditors are actually turning back towards the court system more regularly to collect the debt. And when you're not going to get any help for with a lawsuit, um, you're going to lose money through the garnishment. And you're already paying them a set amount per month. Now you're just going to lose another 25% out of your income. If you fail to make the payments to them on a monthly basis, that money's gone. And their, their contract's terminated, so you have lost everything that you've put into it. You mentioned something earlier that was interesting, that uh, HSBC, one of the banks we recognize, instead of selling the debt, which is kind of the debt settlement strategy that you talked about, uh, is just simply going straight to court and suing people, right? That is correct. We've seen a number of HSBC, um, some other major banks, with especially on credit cards or the, um, I don't want to call it a payday loan, but like the check in the mail that comes with your credit card. Um, they are pursuing those as the holder of the note, and they are taking those to the court even for fun, uh, amounts owed that are less than $1,000. Oftentimes people say to me, uh, I don't want to go bankrupt, but I want some other solution that gives me some legal rights or control over my creditors. What other solution is there besides bankruptcy? The only ones that I will mention is the... the approved credit counseling agencies. Um, it's worthwhile to talk with them, but what you have to watch is, and I always advocate, get a second opinion. Um, they sometimes, they're again, they're like the debt settlement companies. They're only dealing with unsecured debt. They may ignore the fact of, what are your mortgage payments? Um, we've had cases where fixed income individual, elderly, um, they still have a mortgage payment to make or medical expenses that are an ongoing expense and they'll end up in a five-year consumer credit program that yes fixes the, the interest works with the creditors but it doesn't leave them enough money to live on and so those are going to fail also not all of them but we have seen that instance so somebody makes payments for three years or something into a five-year credit counseling plan and all of a sudden they they feel that they can't make it something else comes up um, what, what do they normally say to you when they come in? I tried to do my best, or I failed, or, or what? Uh, they generally don't say that they failed, but they generally feel that they've been misled. Um, they, they feel that the non-bankruptcy option is kind of their savior, but then when they realize it's not working out for them, they, they, I think they actually feel more depressed about the fact that they did that and they got taken as opposed to coming in for bankruptcy first. Um, I think they're more embarrassed about that aspect, about that choice that didn't work out than actually coming in to file bankruptcy. People go bankrupt, one of their big concerns is, my credit is destroyed forever. What do you tell people? Well, I generally, I'll kick them off to some resources to look at uh, in terms of improving your credit score. Um, the bigger thing is, having them realize that yes, you file bankruptcy, your credit score is going to take a major hit. What you don't, what people don't realize is there are a number of institutions that will lend you money um, post-filing 
I mean, immediately post-filing, you're going to pay a higher interest rate, but they're generally, they're, they're means to help you make it through the next three, five years. What you need to do is you need to reestablish that credit. Um, we push a lot of people towards the local banks and the credit unions to basically do your banking there. Let them establish a relationship with them. They're not a mega, a mega um, organization, so they can actually, they know, they know your habits. They know you've been putting some money in the bank. They know you've been paying some bills through them, or you have a small credit card through them, and you've been paying it off. So even though your credit score isn't as great, they're in your community. They know you. You've established a relationship with them. More than likely, you can get a, a maybe a more favorable um, interest rate through them for a loan that's needed. So uh, let's talk about people who are limping along through some other solution other than bankruptcy, be it credit counseling, debt settlement, or just trying to make ends meet. But they're not able to save it all. They're just making it month to month. At some point, doesn't bankruptcy become a more prudent solution to allow somebody to be able to save to protect themselves? We generally, I mean, that's what we do with our clients is we try to point to them. We look at all their information. Um, a number of things is their tax withholdings. Uh, people, for some reason, think it's great to get a large refund at the end of the year. When you showed them that they could have $200 extra a month if they change their withholdings, they see that as a benefit. And we also look at that is, is a huge issue, um, making those changes to your withholdings, but then also realizing just in their budgeting, where is their money going? Um, especially, you know, a lot of people will come in that have just recently purchased a brand new car. Sometimes they may need to give that up and again, turn back to a higher interest but a lower payment. Again, we're looking at a short-term goal. You know, this three to five years, it gives them the opportunity to eliminate their unsecured debt, which is going to free up money for them, but also look at their other options. And you know, if they can surrender a car that is a $500 car payment, get into one that's $300, they just save $200 a month. Um, they can be devoting that towards savings or putting it into um, you know, retirement. Does the Chapter 13 bankruptcy allow you to con continue or allow you to save money at all to protect yourself? Yes, it does. Um, again, the, the, the interesting things on the bankruptcy is it's most courts, there's two prongs. One is a look back period, which is what determines what is your income been at the time you file bankruptcy. If your income increases um, after bankruptcy, you can generally put that away. Um, the other advantage with bankruptcy is you can also plan based on your circumstances if you have auto expenses that are upcoming you know you can put money aside in your budget to reduce your your plan payments of the chapter 13 um, but you can also continue to do your 401k payments those aren't necessarily terminated so that's a protected asset that you can continue making payments through payroll deduction and continue to save and you can continue to tithe to the church, right? That is correct. That is correct. You need to have shown past um, charitable contributions to continue doing that, yes. So somebody right now is listening to this. It's probably 3 a.m. They can't sleep. They're worried about their debt. Uh, and they don't see any solution. 
You know, they got the cold sweats, the, the whole thing. We've seen it all many times before. What are the options that they should investigate? What should they do when they wake up tomorrow morning? I think the, the biggest thing that most people need to do, and I know, Steve, you have this on your websites, is basically do your budgeting. Um, take a strong, hard look at what is your income coming in, and then what are your debts? Where are you paying out? Um, that's probably the biggest telling factor to help people make a decision because um, that's something you can do on your own and you can see and you have to be honest with it you know it's not just your mortgage payment your car payment where else are, is money leaking out of your budget uh, be honest with it and see number one you know, can I change my own habits and correct the situation or do I need to seek help and even seeking help though that is such a huge first step you can understand that I'm not going to be able to do this on my own is bankruptcy an option? Yes. Then we can move forward with a bankruptcy, but that's also you, you've already you've done a huge personal evaluation of your of your situation. So uh, somebody decides they want to go bankrupt, and they come to your office, a bankruptcy attorney's office. They fill out a bunch of forms. What happens next? Basically, um, we actually we interview people by the phone. We send them out a packet. Um, up until the time that they have paid us money, they're under no obligation. Uh, the packet has a lot of information that they need to fill out, collect, answer questions. Um, we sit down, we go through it. And you know, our first talk on the phone is trying to get an idea of, okay, can we help? When we come in, it's a reevaluation re to see, okay, is a Chapter 7 appropriate? Is a Chapter 13 appropriate? It also gives us a chance to look at that budget and maybe get a determination. We may have been thinking of 13, but we don't have the funds available to make a 13 work. Um, it, a number of people also, their, their mortgage payment's a big issue. A number of people have come to the realization that, well, I'd like to keep the house, but it's not in my best interest. You know, they have one or two mortgages. Um, we can't get rid of one of them and they realize it's time to move on. The kids are out of the house, it's time to, we don't need this big house anymore. And they make that decision on their own. But it, generally it's after seeing what are the options. So I get a letter in the mail that says, I need to go to the bankruptcy court for some sort of meeting. And I'm afraid of it. What's gonna happen at that meeting? Uh, the meetings, generally you're talking about the, the it's called a 341 meeting, it's a meeting of creditors. In our district, not many creditors show up. And I think that's pretty true across the United States. Um, it's really it's an opportunity for the trustee, who is not a part of the court system. They're a we call them a they're a commission liquidator, and especially on chapter third or chapter seven, you know the term is liquidation. And I think the intent was it's liquidation of your assets. In today's market, it's really it's a liquidation of debts. Um, the trustee is making sure that you've disclosed your information correctly, there's nothing to correct. They're getting a sense that you've been forthcoming on your information, you've disclosed all your assets and all your liabilities. And they're, they're basically determining, is there an asset that we can take and liquidate to pay off some of the creditors? Most of the times, there are not many assets. We generally know what's going to happen. Um, Automobiles are generally a big, big issue, and sometimes it's a game we play. We make our first guess, we submit forms, see how the trustee responds. We can always come back and modify those forms or talk about how, how we're going to handle this situation. 
There may be assets that we can't protect, and the trustees will be interested in those. But it's not a scary meeting, is it? It's really not a scary meeting. We try to bring our clients in, uh, hopefully, a few minutes early. Um, our time slots are set up on a half hour. There's generally four cases per half hour. If we can get, it's a five-minute ordeal, unless it's a very complex case. Um, you answer the questions. The trustee is verifying your information. And again, looking for assets that you may have missed disclosing. Things that, you know, you transferred property within the last 10 years, uh, mainly real estate. Um, not saying that they can get to that, but they're looking to see, have you given anything away for less than it's worth? Um, it's a very painless situation as long as you're prepared. Uh, we do our best to try to let the, our clients know, here's what's going to be asked. Here's the things you need to bring. The bankruptcy court sends you a list, says, here are the items we need you to bring. Um, and again, they're trying to find out what are your assets. Um, so if we can get in early, sit through a couple of these, it helps ease the tensions. So they see, here's the line of questioning. Oh yeah, I know the answer to these questions. Um, and it, it puts them at the clients at ease. And then after, in a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, the next thing is a letter from the court that says, Woohoo! <laughs> Actually, it doesn't say that, but that, they get a letter saying the debt's been discharged, right? Pretty much. Uh, there's one other obligation, um, and that is you have to follow up with the debtor education course. Uh, you will not get a discharge without filing that, and that's due within 45 days after um, the meeting of the creditors. So that's an obligation that the debtor continues on with. They do that course. We, we upload it to the court. Um, you'll get your, your discharge. Um, if there are some assets that are need to be handled, sometimes people have too much money in a bank account or a whole life insurance policy that's not properly beneficiary, um, those can become assets of the trustee. You don't lose the insurance policy. It's just the cash value if it's there. Um, so it may drag out if there are assets that the trustee is interested in. You'll still get your discharge. The discharge will come out, um, but the case won't close until the trustee has done all their administrative duties. What is the immediate benefit of filing bankruptcy for somebody who is uh, in terrible debt being chased by creditors? Well, the immediate benefit is all collection actions stop. Um, if it is a pending case, um, we actually send notices to all the courts that you have a case involved in, alerting them to the fact that you have filed for bankruptcy protection and requesting that they honor the automatic stay. The beauty of that is you put it in front of the judge, it's filed on the, on the docket, um, it's also the notice goes out to the creditor. Um, because through the bankruptcy process, although we try to cover as many of the creditor addresses as we can to make sure that they get noticed, they may not get noticed for the next five days from the court. We're sending a direct mailing out that day to the court, to that creditor, regarding that pending court action. So what about, so we know that it stops collection activity immediately. Uh, well, they might get a few phone calls, and if they do, they should probably, what do they tell the collector? Well, generally, I mean, most most collectors are stand-up. Um, if you tell them that, even if you tell them you've retained an attorney, give them, you know, if, they've re if you've retained us as an attorney, we tell, we tell our clients, 
If you get a call, tell them you're looking at filing bankruptcy, you've retained an attorney, give them our phone number. They'll call us and ask us, has the case been filed? Or first of all, have you been retained? Yes. Um, and, and retained means? Retained means you've paid us some money to look at your case. Um, they'll generally, they'll, they'll follow up with us and ask us about the case. We'll let them know that yes, we've been retained. Maybe we haven't filed yet. And they'll politely say, we'll check back in 30 days. Um, it eliminates the phone calls to your house. It doesn't mean it's gonna stop everybody. I mean, you need to let them know that you're looking to file bankruptcy. So you mentioned it stops uh, collection calls, it stops uh, lawsuits, and you briefly alluded earlier that it stops garnishments. How, how quickly does it stop garnishments? Well, again, the big issue with a garnishment is if it's already in progress, you've got to stop the machine. You know, these are payroll deductions that go through human resources, so you may actually be hit with another garnishment. The money will come back. Um, the bigger thing is if, it, if you haven't been garnished officially yet, and it's not going through your payroll system, generally we can get that stopped. But again, the issue, the timing is, have they actually got it into the system with your employer? Um, I guess that's the critical issue. Um, again, there we send a notice out to your human resources to let them know that you filed for bankruptcy and all payments to creditors are to stop. One of the questions I hear most often about a Chapter 13 is, what happens if I have a Chapter 13 payment, I've been making it for some period of time, and all of a sudden my uh, situation has changed and I can't afford the payment anymore? What do I do? Well, it depends on the situations. Um, there are a number of things that can be done. You can come into the court and look to modify uh, your Chapter 13 plan. Um, that's obviously going to involve a proceeding. There may be additional costs involved. Um, so if you're able to continue with the plan, the big issue is are you protecting secured property? So if we can keep the secured property going, it may be a reduction in the amount paid to the unsecured creditors. Um, if that's the case, it's probably going to be an easy fix. Um, if, it's, if you're near the end of the plan, and you've paid your unsecured creditors basically everything that they're owed, then you may be able to get a discharge by just paying a lump sum fee. You know, if you've been able to pay, put some money away over the last three to five years. Um, the other option is you could let the case be dismissed and convert it to a Chapter 7, um, which would then give you the full benefit of the 7, and you will still get your discharge. The issue would be if it's, an, if it's a secure property that's not caught up, you may lose that. All right, well, I guess in closing, what I'd like to say is thank you. Uh, you've been a great friend and asset of the getoutofdebt.org site. Um, you are uh, available on Twitter, and people should follow you at jjeffjackson. And I appreciate all of your help and support. Well, Steve, I appreciate the opportunity to meet you. Um, and you do, a, you do a tremendous job for, for the people looking for help. Uh, your answers are straightforward. They're what people need to know. Um, I'm amazed at how well you address people's questions and you put them, you, you, you give them the answers they need. And there's no, there's no fluff there. You're considerate, you understand their situations, but you're giving them the direction they need to follow. And that's huge. Well, Amy's order's ready, so I guess <laughs> 
That's it. Thanks, Jeff. You've been listening to the Get Out of Debt podcast with Steve Rode. If you'd like to avoid get-out-of-debt scams, learn how not to be a victim from debt relief offers, get free help for any debt problem, or if you have a question you want to ask, just visit getoutofdebt.org. And while you're on getoutofdebt.org, you can subscribe to the free daily feed for all the latest help and information. 